It's January 24th, 2018, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and the startup scene. I'm Ryan Ozawa. Bert Lum is in Tunisia, evangelizing open data and government transparency. Fortunately, I'm not alone. I have Jesse Thompson in the studio to talk about this weekend's Global Game Jam. Then, after a quick break, we'll hear from two of the winning teams from the Agathon, the state's first agricultural hackathon. But let's kick things off with the Global Game Jam. Jesse Thompson is the CEO of Radial 3D, a cloud-based medical imaging platform, and he's an educational media designer at the John A. Burns School of Medicine. He is also one of the organizers of the Global Game Jam, which is coming up this weekend. Jesse, welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. Great to be here today. Absolutely. So the Global Game Jam, it's been around for like a decade, right? Yeah, this is actually the 10th year anniversary of Global Game Jam, and so it's the biggest one ever. A game jam, a Global Game Jam is effective a hackathon, but they were very specific focus. Tell us about it. Yeah, so Global Game Jam is a worldwide hackathon. Uh, it, it, last year, they had over 700 countries, and it's basically a weekend where you, we, uh, a secret theme is revealed, and everyone works on games with each other, whether that's video games, board games, text-based games, or even written or video. Uh, it's, it's a creative exercise. It's also a technical exercise, artistic exercise, and it's a teamwork exercise. So you said board games. I always mm-hmm. thought of the Global Game Jam as like, let's get into, I don't know, C++ or JavaScript or something mm-hmm. and make a game, but you can bring... You can make a physical board game for the Global Game oh, Jam. Absolutely, uh, there's been previous teams that have 3D printed out parts. They've you know built board games out of wood. Um, uh, primarily, there are mostly people focusing on video games, and mm. a lot of the the event is set up towards that. You know, submitting your completed game online for other people, the entire world to check out and see your prototype. But uh, documenting and, and producing a, a board game or even an outdoor alternate reality game like Ingress or Pokemon Go would be possible mm. as well. So mm-hmm. you mentioned that there's a theme. So obviously mm-hmm. you can't come in like with half, half a game you were already mm-hmm. kind of working on. You have to sort of mm-hmm. take this inspiration and go from the starting point and see what mm-hmm. you can come up with. Yeah. So for an example, mm-hmm. what was last year's secret theme? Last year's secret theme was Waves. And uh, like most – like the previous year's secret themes, it was up to interpretation. So a lot of the teams chose to do zombies – in waves type game where zombies would come at you at waves and you would <laughs> yeah, kind of deal with that. And some people chose to make surfing games. Mm. I think one person made a, a surfing game where you surfed on zombies last year. <laughs> sound uh, waves? Uh, sound waves would count as well. It, it, it's, a, it's a broad term. We also have uh, uh, diversifiers as well, which are, which is, are extra topics you can make your game cover. So mm-hmm. a diversifier, like mm-hmm. a, you get bonus points if you do something specifically, I guess, that yeah. adds diversity to your game? Uh, well, diversi- uh, there are ones that are includers, like inc- inclusive, like it's accessibility, like make something that would be pl- playable but with high contrast, someone that uh, could, couldn't see very well. Mm-hmm. But there's also things like, well, it's the 10th anniversary of Global Game Jam. Make, something, make your game compatible with technology from 10 years ago or make oh. your game something that's super small, like under 64 kilobytes or oh. make your game multilingual. Uh, so there's many diversifiers. Uh, that, so like if you yeah, brought an mm-hmm. old Atari joystick yeah. from mm-hmm. the 80s, that would, that's more, way more than 10 years. Yeah, way more than 10 <laughs> years. But if you got it to work Palm with your pilot, game. Palm Pilot, maybe. Yeah, Palm Pilot. Uh, and, and got it to work with your game that would fit under diversifiers. So tell me mm-hmm. how this event works. It yeah. starts on Friday evening? On uh, Friday evening at 5 o'clock. And we do have food provided by one of our sponsors for that evening. Uh, and uh, uh, basically, we have a reveal video. We're the last people to start here in Hawaii, but we're also the ones that get to reveal the theme to the world because no one else is allowed to reveal it until we start. So actually, uh, even mm-hmm. if you were in mm-hmm. uh, London, you're, yeah. you can't say what the theme is until Honolulu's ready to go? Yeah. You, so no one, no one in the world is allowed to reveal the theme until we're well, ready publicly, to go. Well, publicly. Publicly, yeah. yes. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Uh, so we, we watch a video from the Global Game Jam theme talking about 
the, uh, the the jam, the history, uh, and and what it's like to well, kind of opening your mind about what what's possible at a jam, uh, and encouraging you to do things like don't finish your game. Actually, just just focus on on the experience and mm. the people that you're with, and, and and think outside of maybe what you would think would be your your normal scope of thinking mm-hmm. for what a game could be, even be, uh, and maybe what you're comfortable with. One of the diversifiers is have an artist program a major part of your game and have a programmer make art for your game. So hmm. it's it's it kind of exploring your horizons and, and meeting new people and working with them. Uh, and so the jam video will cover that. And at the end of the video, we reveal the secret theme. Uh, if you have an idea of the game, you'll probably take a break for food. If you have an idea for the theme, uh, uh, you can you can present it to, to the jammers, uh, to the artists, to the coders, to the designers that will be there, and uh, you'll form teams and you'll you'll spend the next uh, forty two hours working on your games. Wow! And you, mm-hmm. someone's going to be at this location. Is open at the yep. University of Hawaii iLab. Yeah, that's right. It'll and be twenty four uh, hours. Someone's mm-hmm. there. I will be there. Hopefully, oh hopefully awake the entire time. <laughs> I'll, I'll have some help from some of my fellow organi- organizers. Maybe when I'm starting to nod off, but. Uh, it is a overnight hackathon. Uh, we don't expect everyone to be on site, so if you want to go home and sleep, that's okay. <laughs> that's, <recommended. laughs> that's possible. I, that, that, very, very likely that will happen with most of the teams and come back in the morning and, and keep jamming. Uh, we'll have food provided for uh, several of the days uh, which from from our sponsors, uh, and uh, and we will have a couple of prizes for them as well. Okay, and this all ends mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon? Sunday at 5. Uh, and, and do you mm-hmm. play the games? Do you show off your games? Uh, yeah, we'll have, we'll, have a, we'll, we'll have a session to show off the games uh, from each team, uh, and then we'll have a community vote for three different categories. So it won't be first, second, and third. We'll have we'll have community votes for most creative concept and art. We'll have one for technical challenge, hmm. and we'll have one for meeting uh, diversifiers. And so last year they had, uh, like you mentioned, over 700 sites, uh, mm-hmm. 96, 95 countries. Yeah. They all put together 7,000 games. It yeah. sounds like this year is going to be even bigger. Yeah. Um, last year we had about 80 people attend, We and that's attend. We already have 55 pre-registered before the event. Most people will show up, and then they register. Just kind of come. <laughs> and and <laughs> <laughs> so we were expecting a bigger location, and I've heard from the organizers that we're already past 800, 800 sites. So this is the biggest Around game the jam ever. Yes. I see. Mm-hmm. So you're also a board member of uh, mm-hmm. High Capacity. They moved to the UHI Lab. Yes. So that's, that's right. the facility that's hosting this event, correct? Yes. Um, and iLab just got um, some um, renovations, so it looks a lot nicer, a lot easier to talk there. Uh, it has the some of the best internet on the island, I've been told. And, I and, believe uh, and a great place to work in collaborative group environments uh, you know, for, for innovation and, and uh, in, in technology, whether it's uh, games or, or simulation or, or, or engineering. It's so. definitely worth mm-hmm. checking out. Yeah. I love the iLab. Mm-hmm. All right. So mm-hmm. if you think you have an idea or uh, are interested in building video games, whether it is software or some other kind of game, mm-hmm. you should check out the Global Game Jab in Honolulu. It runs from the 26th to the 28th up at UH. Where can someone go to find more information, Jesse? Uh, you just go to globalgamejam.org and you look for Honolulu. Lulu and the locations. All uh, right. Section. Sounds like a great weekend, but I hope you have a lot of that uh, Red Bull. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely definitely be uh, tr- uh, doing caffeine this weekend. All right, so. globalgamejam.org. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for joining mm-hmm. us, Jesse. Uh, thank you. All right, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Micah Chow from FarmSafe and Sumil Tapa from Harvest Vision. You're listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Sacred Hearts Academy, and Urgent Care Hawaii. 
Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Ryan Ozawa. The Agathon was Hawaii's first agricultural hackathon. It was coordinated by my co-host, Bert Lum. He's traveling overseas tonight. The Agathon introduced Hawaii's tech and startup community to the local ag community to see if they could work together to come up with innovative solutions faced uh, for problems faced by local farmers. There were five problems presented, ranging from food traceability to ag crime and teams formed to try to design and build a solution in just a few days. A panel of judges picked the winners, and we have the two top teams represented here. Micah Chow was on the FarmSafe team. Micah is a 2017 graduate of Drexel University in software engineering, and he does healthcare analytics now at Queen's Health Systems. And Sumil Thapa was on the Harvest Vision team. He is a materials engineer at R&D firm Oceanet. Both Jacob and Sumil came to the hackathon from, uh, or actually, uh, Sumil came to the hackathon from the private sector, part of that uh, large uh, R&D firm at Ocean. We want to welcome both of you, Micah and Sumil, to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome. All right. So the Ag Hackathon, it was using uh, the idea of a hackathon and the innovation community and developers and designers to come up with solutions to help farmers. There was the kickoff over at the uh, Kunia um, Ag Research Station there. Um, what was the pitch that attracted you and inspired an idea? Let's start with you, Micah. So for me, it was the the immigrant farmers problem where there is basically uh, quite a number of immigrant farmers in Hawaii that can't speak English. So the Department of Agriculture actually has a really hard time conveying all the laws and regulations that the Department of Agriculture and the Department of Health have over food safety because they can't understand English. So um, being growing up with parents you know, who were immigrants themselves, this was uh, a problem kind of hit close to home. So because there's a lot of documentation they need to keep, there's a lot of material they need to read and review, and, you know, understandably a large portion of that is in English. So you saw that. It resonated with you. Uh, what was the idea, and how did your team come together? So our idea was um, based off of an app that the farmers could take into the field, and it'd be translated in their native language, and it'd be a very simple interface where uh, it would be largely icon-based, and there would it, would it would link to a lot of material that uh, the Department of Agriculture already has translated into various languages. And how big was the team that came together with that particular idea? So there was three of us, uh, me, uh, someone named Taha, and Matt. And how we met was at the kickoff event nice. in Kunia. Uh, Really out of the blue, actually. We just <laughs> ran into each other, started talking, and then over Slack, we decided to form a team. All right. Well, I want to hear how that project came together, but let's get to Sumil. Um, what was the the problem that uh, really resonated with you? Yeah, so for us, um, you know, food waste is a big problem, and and that was something that really struck a chord with us um, because you think about how much effort goes into um, growing food and producing that food and to think of it going to waste is, is just a tragedy. So um, we were looking for a way to um, utilize technology to improve and reduce the amount of waste, uh, specifically at harvest time. Um, how can you maximize the yield and minimize the waste? And, you know, coincidentally, you know, we had wanted to do a, a partnership with Kauai Coffee. We know some folks there. And, you know, on that kickoff, we were picking coffee beans. So it was, it was a perfect coincidence that, oh, 
That's right. And get some geek, geeks out in the field. Yeah. Get a little dirty there. So uh, to reiterate, re- reiterate, as I mentioned, you're uh, from the private sector. You work with OceanNet. So OceanNet yeah. actually brought a team of its engineers and coders to yeah. the hackathon. Yeah, yeah. So a bunch of us, a bunch of the guys go to hackathons regularly. This is actually my first first time mm. doing this. And uh, what what attracted me was the fact that it was agriculture based, which you know had real world implications. So it wasn't purely software. And so being a more hardware person. I thought, okay, maybe I can I can contribute something. So th- I tagged along with our, our regular group of, of coders and software guys, and uh, we formed a team. And what was the basic idea before you even started building something that you thought you would bring to this problem? So uh, we we had wanted to utilize something where we have this AI AI chip, hardware form AI chip, and we wanted to see, okay, what what kind of application can we build? What kind of device that would help the farm tech farm community, and uh, using it to identify you know, good crops and and in harvesting seemed like a good fit for this application. So in a, in a way, you had this uh, interest in uh, art- artificial intelligence and this hardware piece that might do that, and you saw this this problem and said there's probably a good application of that yeah, technology. Yeah, everything kind of just fell together, and, and when we had the kickoff, it was like an aha moment, and it's like this this could all just really come together, and it kind of was the, the action point where the catalyst for it to all – Kind of work. I love it. Well, there is a blinking box in front of you with wires and everything, and I'm going to talk to you about that in just a bit. But let's go back to Micah. So you met these two other people at the kickoff and said, hey, I guess we're a team. We like this uh, problem, and we can come up with a solution to help farmers that might not necessarily speak English. But you only had uh, maybe that week to plan and that weekend to build something. What was that process like? So we... After forming a team, um, just basically created a Google Doc and started brainstorming ideas, Mm -hmm. running any kind of uh, solution that we could think of. Um, We uh, we then narrowed it down over a course of days. And also, uh, we reached out to one of our um, subject matter experts, Ken from Department of Ag, with some questions, too. And he helped us also realize more problems that then mm. we eventually came to the solution with. So after, yeah, the design, uh, or we picked a design, we mocked it up using a tool called Proto.io. Mm. It's really cool. I like it a lot. And then after that, we refined it, refined it, and then on Friday, we decided, okay, let's try to build this tomorrow. So you... Uh the hackathon was hosted at the Impact Hub in Kaka'ako, and you, in that week leading up to it, you were only working remotely. You weren't meeting in person. Yeah, we we did some Google Hangouts and oh, we sure. talked over Slack. But then it's you're down in Kaka'ako. It's time to get going. What is it like, basically, working with people that you may have just gotten to start building a rapport with, but you need to make a goal of building a software application in two days? Uh, it was quite. A challenge, actually, um, considering, yeah, we met like only a week ago. Mm-hmm. We kind of just explained our skills th- to each other briefly of, of what we could mm-hmm. do. And eventually, uh, we decided to go with uh, one of our team members who had uh, Android development experience. Mm-hmm. Me and Matt uh, didn't have a lot. So going into that and trying to learn at the same time doing this. Uh, was quite a challenge. Yeah, with every team, you kind of have to figure out what the strength of every person is. And uh, for a hackathon, you'd be looking for a developer. What what was your strength, do you feel, uh, out of this group? My strength would be the design and mm. also some project management and 
some of the coding too. Excellent. I mean, my strength when I come to a team is maybe I can get the coffee. But uh, all right. So, Samil, you saw, saw this problem with the food waste and you said we have a AI hardware uh, technology that we could apply to that. You had perhaps a week also and your team at Oceanit. What was that process like building up to the build period? Yeah, so we spent a lot of, um, after that kickoff, we spent a lot of time just meeting kind of in the evenings and, and teleconferencing because a lot of people were traveling that week um, where we just kind of developed the idea and refined it. And, okay, so what's the problem? And really honing in, talking to our, our partners at Kauai Coffee to figure out how do they harvest, what are what is the point where we can actually integrate a hardware device to help them reduce the waste and um, identify what are the key features, what are the key metrics um, in terms of sharing that data to help their their harvester drivers as well as the field supervisors and really figure out the ecosystem that this device needs to live in. Mm-hmm. And so we spent a lot of time uh, during the week figuring that out. Um, and that's kind of where I, I focused on understanding the, the user problem, the user needs, developing and refining the concepts while the, the software guys focused on actually building the prototype and getting the software to run and using the the AI um, hardware to identify ripe cherries versus unripe cherries to make the whole thing run. Now, you had the benefit, of course, of this being a team that was formed out of your day job. So there was that support and that opportunity. And your background as a materials engineer helped with the the hardware. You talked about talking to the subject matter expert and your uh, people in at Kauai Coffee. You would imagine that, for example, the durability in the environment is a key consideration, correct? Yeah, that that is a huge issue. And um, in the limited time, we couldn't make a perfect prototype. So we kind of just slapped things together. you know, got some plastic, cut it out, put some bolts and spacers <laughs> and taped and put some foam together so that our boards could be and s- taped it onto a screen, kind of just rigged it up together just so we could have a device to kind of give it a feel. That's the main thing is prototyping the feel and the experience. That's what we really wanted. Did do. you uh, take advantage of the, the hackathon space in Kakaako or did you work out of your lab? Down um, we did both. Mm-hmm. So we, we did our meetings during the week. During the week, we kind of had to use our own space, but... During uh, the actual hackathon main event on that second weekend, we spent a lot of time um, in that space, and um, we—I mean—we went as far as like prototyping with a videotape and a guy with a plate as a steering wheel and <laughs> jelly beans, and I love doing that. all kinds of kind of just mocking up what it would look like to have this device in that environment of a guy driving a mechanical harvester. And that was interesting uh, Sunday morning, of course, with uh, the alerts on our phones. But the uh, hackathon went on. Well, I wanted to talk more about the presentations of the things that you built and how you see it might be applied. And perhaps if there's a future for these ideas, we're going to hold that thought and take this short break. We'll continue our conversation with the winning teams from the hackathon. You're listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Shamanad University, Inter-Island Solar Supply, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Ryan Ozawa, and I'm here with Micah Chow from FarmSafe and Sumil Tapa from Harvest Visions. They were the winning teams from Hawaii's first agricultural hackathon. Now, Micah, you were there at the weekend uh, working with people you're just getting to know, but you had to build something in those two days. And by the end of Sunday, you had to pitch. So 
for someone who's certainly not used to pitching a product, let alone building it in two days, I'm really interested in what that experience was like, getting in front of that crowd and saying, look at what we built. So it's actually pretty fun for me. Oh, good. Um, I like really showing off like our team's project. Uh, I was really proud of it. Uh, we didn't think we were going to win at all, but <laughs> um, you know, just giving it a shot and surprisingly, we got second place. So, what was the? Do you think the differentiator or the thing that you showed off, uh, maybe a feature or a part of uh, your solution that you're especially proud of that you built in such a short period of time? I think the the design for it mm-hmm. was something that I'm proud of because uh, it it was like a really simple design in the sense that like it was just like five icons on the screen and each linked to just more in-depth information. And then the fact that in like 22 hours, we were able to code this app from basically scratch with, again, two of us not really knowing Android <laughs> I, it, the whole experience was just something to really be proud of. Excellent. Well, let me ask you: Were there uh, did you did you interact with any other teams in particular, or is there another presentation that you were impressed by? Not counting Samuels, of course. Oh, I was going to say this. <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, "Is that like a Wii U like hooked up to something?" And but then, um, I think all the all the presentations are great. All the ideas pretty interesting. Excellent. So, Sumil, there you are. You had your steering wheel and your jelly beans, and you're running through what a harvester might go through and working with this hardware solution that you have using the AI chip. Um, When you get to the pitch, it was a big group up there. I think you had a lot of good energy going, but what was that experience like for you? Because it was your first hackathon. Um, Yeah, it was was really exciting. Um, You know, I I, I have some experience talking to people and explaining technology. Um, That's kind of one of the things that I enjoy doing. So that wasn't so challenging for me, but um, part of it was kind of the time crunch of just getting, trying to make this presentation as polished as possible. We wanted to program a nice, you know, GUI interface and videotape and document it, and we just couldn't get it to work. So I ended up making a PowerPoint slide to display graphs as if it, there was a, a, you, you know, a, a working <laughs> GUI, and then I just slapped that on a screen and we videotaped it, you know. And that's the kind of things we had to hack up and, and make to do this presentation. And it helped having that video. And so we had a video that kept us on time, mm-hmm. and I could just talk to the video. And I feel that helped me a lot was just having some something to talk to. Sure. So tell me about the solution that you pitched because it's sitting here blinking at me. Yeah. So uh, we integrated this um, hardware AI chip that uh, we, we found through some partners in Korea and we're trying to figure out a way to implement. So we, we connected to, we kind of hacked it together with a Raspberry Pi. And what the system does is it looks at coffee cherries, takes pictures, and it can identify whether that cherry is ripe or not. Huh. And if you uh, do that on the harvester machine, you can figure out if that harvester is harvesting trees that are ready t- for harvest or too early. And so if it's too early, then it can inform the farmer to maybe delay harvesting that field um, when they'll get a better yield. And so you can reduce the amount of unripe cherries that are picked and then ultimately get thrown away as waste because they, you can't use that for making coffee. And did the experience from the kickoff where we were out there in Kunia, out in the field, clearing coffee beans basically so that they didn't become a haven for pests, did that experience in, inform what you wanted this AI intelligence to do in terms of judging the health of a coffee bean? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like um, 
that was actually my first real experience seeing coffee up close mm-hmm. on the tree. And and we, you know, um, we, we were definitely collecting berries and taking pictures of them and saying, okay, this is what it should like. I had no idea what a ripe cherry looked like. And then also the the experts at at the event, I mean, I was asking them a lot of questions, just trying to understand their experience as farmers directly. So it actually turned out to be really nice um, being there for that kickoff. Now, uh, Micah, you mentioned working with uh, Ken. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, did you gain an, a, a different appreciation for, I mean, you work at Queens Health Systems and you're working with medical systems, but now you're in a completely different industry. You're dealing with farming and farms. Um, what was that learning experience like, just sort of seeing things from the perspective of agriculture? It was very interesting. I really enjoyed the theme of it, which is another factor of me wanting to participate in Agathon. I really enjoy nature, and I've been wanting to learn uh, how to like grow herbs and stuff on my own. Um, but you know, learning about the types of problems that the Department of Ag and farmers have, it's really an eye-opening experience. Didn't realize that there was so much that goes on even behind the scenes when it comes to me going to the grocery store, getting my food, buying that, cooking, and all the safety and behind the scenes that goes into that. Yeah, I mean, the problem pictures were pretty um, compelling in the sense that if, if you are if you imagine how hard a farm works from before dawn to after sunset, that there's also going to be all of this paperwork and all of these regulations that they have to fulfill. You can imagine that it makes choosing farming as a, as a profession kind of intimidating. I don't imagine you're thinking, though, of switching to agriculture as a career just yet. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> not just yet. So, uh, Sumil, you mentioned that one of the things that you did was called uh, people you Ocean was working with at Kauai Coffee. Um, yeah. Now that you've done the pitch, you've built a prototype, an actual working prototype. What's Is there a next step for this hackathon exercise, or was it just an exercise? Yeah, for us, um, we hope to develop it further and actually test it out in Kauai Coffee's next harvest. So September, around September is when harvest season begins and so we hope to have a prototype ready that we can actually take out in the field and, and the folks at Kauai Coffee can can test and give us feedback and hopefully we can we can implement it as a long-term solution with them. I like the name Harvest Vision. I didn't ask you was there another team or a presenting group or solution that you thought was pretty cool? I think I think a lot of the food traceability and the food safety solutions were really cool. I think there's a lot that that could be done and the presentations of of what you know, the interfaces and the designs of different traceability apps and systems, I think that was that was really cool and, and promising. Yeah, to how see. to know what's on your plate, where it came from all the way down the line. Yeah, how to go from a store shelf all the way to the farm that it came right. from. Um, so, Micah, what about FarmSafe? Three guys who never knew each other until before they kick off. Um, you came up with an idea, an app that could help um, non-English speaking farmers. Is there something you want to do more with FarmSafe or do you just want to go to more hackathons? So we talked afterwards, and we, as a team, were going to figure out a later date where mm-hmm. we were going to sit down, um, discuss sort of our you know car- our capacities and commitments. Uh, we all are still pretty interested in this idea. We definitely would want to sit down, uh, think about it in a more robust software engineering manner, uh, where we could think about like testing and um, more design like uh, design patterns and stuff like that so that it could be really, uh, really well-made app rather than what we threw sure, together just, on Saturday. Is there anything that through this experience that you saw as your next step for your own personal growth in terms of studying or applying or taking to your work at Queens? I think for me personally, um, 
I definitely want to go to more of these hackathons. Right. And me just doing some coding on the side, I hope to be able to continue more projects like this in the future. Well, I look forward to seeing you at those events. Uh, Micah Chow is from Farm Safe and also Queens Health Systems. And Sumil Tapa is from Harvest Vision as well as Oceanet. We want to thank you both for joining me tonight. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me, too. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when Bert will return and we'll talk about reinventing education, specifically the potential for, Sumil, you like this, artificial intelligence has for making that happen. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show at bitemarkscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, you can email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. Or you can find me at Twitter. You can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong. My globe-trotting co-host is Bert Lum. You can catch us here every Wednesday on HBR One, on the HBR app, or wherever podcasts are sold. Again, mahalo a nui lo for sharing your precious time with us. Ahui ho until next week. Don't forget to be awesome. These days remember.